Hello friends and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, our mission is to create the next generation of great bosses. We do this through a variety of training programs, which include our 13-month live masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Boss. This program provides the basic building blocks for being an effective lead, supervisor, or manager. We also have a 13-month live virtual masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Teammate. In this program, we work with individual contributors, building the people and technical skills that will make them more effective. Many of these modules refer to the work in our management program so all employees can be on the same page. A new program for this year is our Art of Being an Administrative Superstar. Your admin staff is the backbone of your organization. This program gives them the important problem-solving and decision-making tools, which will absolutely increase their effectiveness. We offer a number of one-hour short-topic seminars as well, and these are perfect for in-service training and brown-bag lunches. Finally, we offer the opportunity to license all of our materials so your in-house trainers can deliver our programs. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. Well, for our first episode this year, we're going to address a topic that many of you probably get really nervous when you hear. If anybody has said to you, would you be willing to stand up and talk in front of a group, you probably freaked out, unless you're very unique and special. The majority of us are terrified of public speaking. Well, fortunately for us, we have a guest today that's going to help us with that. Dr. Brian Wade is a speaker, he is an instructor, he's a leader, and he offers a great program on helping people get over the fear of public speaking. In this interview, we talked about some of the most important components of speaking, but we really drilled down on how to get over the fear. Hey, there's lots of great strategies in this one, so I hope you're ready to take some notes. You know what time it is. Let's make sure that personal item's tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure the seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Dr. Brian Wade, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, Matt. Great to be here with you and all the people listening to your podcast. The millions and millions of people worldwide that are turning in right now, right? Yeah, exactly I, right. I, I know they are. I know it, they it are. It might be the uh, tens and twenties of people, but it, it's good to think big, isn't it? It Absolutely. We'll call it the tens and hundreds of thousands for today. Yeah. Or if you're the one listening, this is especially for you, right? Exactly. <laughs> Well, good. So, Brian, we met through a mutual friend, uh, Tracy Davison, um, who I think we commented before knows every single human being in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> it, it seems so. And a few other states as well. <laughs> Probably. But I love the fact that she connects me with great guests. And so today's topic is one that I think is extremely important. The topic is really around public speaking, specifically the fear of public speaking. And I would imagine that our audience today one of the things they dread most is when they have to get up in front of a group of people and explain why the benefits are changing or some new policy. And then there's all the other things that go along with just 
not only passing along news that could be perceived as bad, but the act of getting up in front of people to start makes a lot of people really, really shake in their boots. And so my hope is that you can help us today by giving us some strategies to get over that. And, uh, and, and that's going to be our goal for today. But before we do that, I was hoping you could tell us about your journey. How did you get started in this business and uh, what are you doing today? Oh, gosh. Well, so uh, first, you know, I really resonate with all of people that have a little to a lot of anxiety when it comes to public speaking. I was absolutely terrified giving those oral reports in junior high and high school, you know, the kind of terror where you would say to your teacher, I will do a 50-page paper over a five-minute oral report, you know, just just terror. And uh, it began the day that uh, the teacher announced the oral report was going to happen in two weeks, you know, so it was two weeks of soul-shaking soul anxiety for me. So uh, how I eventually got into it, it, public speaking was something that I did not uh, want to do. In fact, my mom, who's now 84 years old, she still says, and I've been doing this for maybe 27, 28 years, she says, I still can't believe that you do what you do. Now, this is after, what, 27 years of kind of being a professional public speaker. She's like, you were so shy, so timid. She loved to tell people stories about when I was a kid, how I'd hide behind her legs and uh, real shy and actually hid from my grandparents. I was just so shy and introverted, right? And I think a lot of it had to do with confidence as well. And so I eventually got started in it because I knew that the ticket, the path to influencing people uh, lies through being able to communicate really well in public. And I, I got started somewhat in college, just kind of leading some small groups, doing some things for uh, churches and any other organization that I could that would allow me to, uh, to speak. Because I knew, uh, I, I didn't know a lot about fear back then, but I knew that I had to tackle that fear. Otherwise, fear would defeat me and limit the potential that I had in life. And so I eventually just kind of jumped out there, started doing it. I'm sure that those first few audiences, you know, wondered why in the heck I was even attempting to be a public speaker because my notes, you know, if I had notes in my hand, they would be shaking. My, I could hear my voice shaking and quivering. But eventually, I went into uh, not-for-profits in faith community for a while, did a lot of leadership training, did a lot of uh, what I call kind of personal development speaking, and just kind of forced myself uh, to get out there and to take roles where I could learn to speak in public, and I then could take that skill and influence people. So it was really a desire uh, to communicate to a broad group of people and to see life change happen within them. So that was really the, the impetus and the motivator uh, that got me moving forward. I have a saying that is essentially empowering meanings can shift anything. And I gave myself an empowering meaning around public speaking. And that was the, the driver that helped me kind of face my fear anyway. And now I guess been what I would call a professional speaker since the late 1990s. Mm. Well, you've mentioned the fear. And I mean, that's the big thing. So I, you know, I, I have a fear of heights, not flying. That doesn't bother me, but standing like I went to the uh, arch in St. Louis and that absolutely mortified me. But I don't remember an event in my life that made me afraid of heights. Does the same thing kind of happen with speaking? Do you said you just, cause you, you mentioned being in junior high where at junior high, 
those are the worst years. I mean, middle school was tough for me. It was tough for my kids. Everything seems to spiral out of control in middle school. And that's really the first time I think we get our shot to get up and have to do oral presentations. But what causes the fear? I mean, most people, I think, are afraid before they've ever even tried it. Well, absolutely true. The vast majority of people, uh, their greatest fear is speaking in public. Although it is uh, like maybe for some of us, it's just maybe part personality, maybe part confidence, and it's nothing bad that has happened. But clients, I do a lot of obviously public speaking, uh, coaching, and uh, seminars on public speaking, as well as a, a little video series. And the people that I coach oftentimes have had a terrible experience where they were shamed in front of whether it was school or whether they were uh, giving a presentation for work and a boss or somebody kind of shamed them, embarrassed them, humiliated them. And, uh, you know, people become afraid that way through some sort of trauma. But it's pretty, it, it's pretty prevalent without having that type of trauma. And essentially, what I tell people is that they are not afraid of speaking in public. Mm. And I use the uh, analogy that you use, the fear of heights. First, we all speak in public. Everybody speaks in public, right? So everybody listening to this podcast has had a group of four or five friends standing around in a circle. Everybody's telling stories. There might even be some new people, part of the group that you don't know. But if you have a great story that goes along with what everybody else is saying, you share your story. Right? You share your, sh your story and you share it in front of a group of five, six, seven people because you feel comfortable, because they're friends. So we're all, I say, created to communicate. The problem is, is that people think they're afraid of public speaking and they're not. So for instance, when you are on the arch there in St. Louis, it's not the height you're afraid of, it's... It's, it's falling. It's falling out of that thing. Exactly yeah. right. It's falling from It doesn't from help the that the wind makes it sway either. You know? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, people aren't afraid of speaking in public. We do it all the time. People are afraid of failing in public, being embarrassed, forgetting what they're going to say, and looking dumb. And so when you really get down to it, when I, uh, whether it's through a video course or uh, coaching or even talking to people on in the hallways that catch me, when I'm doing seminars, it's I try to help them understand it's not it's not the speaking itself. It's, it's, it's a mental game, right? It's a mental game because we all become afraid of certain aspects of failing, forgetting what I'm going to say, that whole deal. And so helping people overcome the anxiety that they feel in public speaking really is somewhat of an individualized approach, but we want to dial down what is it exactly that you're afraid of. Uh, well, Brian, I'm afraid of forgetting what I'm going to say when I, when I get up there. Okay, well, guess what? We can solve that fear because mm -hmm. we're going to write out everything you're going to say. I'm going to have you memorize the beginning and the ending, at least, if not the main points. And we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to make great notes with highlighters and color theory and all this kind of stuff so you can find yourself really quickly if you get lost. So that fear is gone. Now it's what I call in the acronym for fear. It's false emotions that appear real. Hmm. You'll still have the butterflies, you'll still have the nerves, but it's like uh, it's like a horror movie, right? If anybody's ever watched any scary movies out there, you feel the feelings, the emotions of being afraid, but is it true? Is it real? No, it's it's a movie. Hmm. And so if I can help people understand that and begin to move through step by step, 
uh, through coaching or whatever the case might be, it begins to open up a whole new realm of possibilities for them. And so it really does begin and end for those of us that um, maybe have a little bit of fear, whether it's personality-based, uh, confidence-based, or even through past trauma, uh, we can work through it. And, and people can learn to manage their anxiety uh, just as I did. I'm living proof. And if you don't believe me, ask my mom. <laughs> it's funny how moms remember all that stuff. We'd <laughs> like them to forget, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. They know a whole lot more than we thought they did. This is true. This is true. Well, for the person that's sitting here listening to this saying, you know what? It is too scary. I don't think I really need to do public speaking. What's your response to that? Well, uh, several things. You know, really, I I kind of challenge people to uh, to move beyond their fear, right? I hate to see anybody, especially somebody that really believes in personal development and making everything possible. I hate to see people limit their potential, the possibilities that they have in life because of a fear. Now, people don't have to be, obviously, listening to your podcast. We're not talking about professional speakers going on the road and, you know, delivering presentations, but we might have some people that, you know, have great material, great insight that they could deliver, you know, for their company or even kind of a SHRM association. And, you know, not facing that fear limits that potential. I believe that everybody, especially those listening to your podcast, that they have a, a wealth of information that somebody needs to hear. And so I challenge people that first, that they have something, that you have something to say, you have a voice. And I believe everybody has a speaker within. It's just dealing with the fear and framing it rightly. Because as you know, speaking in public or communicating in mass, whether it's through podcasts or whatever, is the best way to motivate people and to move people. I say, you know, public speaking, communication is the language of leadership today. If we're going to lead anybody, we have to learn to speak in public. In fact, one of uh, my my many, many public speaking uh, quotes that I use is former pre President Gerald Ford, right? And he said if he went back to school again today, he'd focus on two things. First is learning to write. The second is learning to speak in public because he says nothing in life is more important than the ability to communicate effectively. And ultimately, that's what we're talking about, whether it's from a team meeting or a SHRM breakout session. It's learning to communicate effectively. And so it's not just the public speaking piece of it. It's communicating direction, communicating vision, communicating, uh, like you said in your intro, oh, benefits are changing, this is changing. It's being able to communicate that in a thoughtful, efficient, and really excellent way. Well, that is, I think, everybody's greatest opportunity, and yet it's the most scary thing for some people. I mean, we look at this, you know, we do an hour talk at a SHRM. That's one hour we can talk about the stuff that we do. If we didn't have those talks, the marketing channel would be really difficult. So I can't imagine not being able to speak. And it's even for me, it makes me nervous. And, you know, I've run through these presentations lots and lots and lots of times. But without it, I don't know if we'd be able to grow this business. So I think it's 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 critical. And it's a, yeah, 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 absolutely critical. I love the Mark Twain quote, which I'm sure you've heard. He said, there's two types of public speakers. 
the nervous and the liars. <laughs> but if you say nerve and anxiety, doesn't that, can you channel that or do you have to like block it out? Uh, well, for, uh, f my belief is you, we channel it. Okay, we channel it, and, and you can you can face it. But the reality is this: okay, if I was uh, speaking to uh, your audience, so speaking to you out there one on one, and we're talking about fear and anxiety, I'm going to say this. So, have you ever been really excited? They're going to say yes. I'm going to say, what feelings? Okay, what emotions do you feel, and where do you feel it in your body when you're really excited? Do you get a little jittery? Do you get kind of happy? Do you know you feel your heart pounding? Your 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 mind is racing a little bit. You're really excited. You might you know feel uh, I get kind of the little butterflies in my stomach when I'm really excited and get kind of you know it's like a a good nervousness. And I say, okay, so mark out the the emotions that you feel in something extremely exciting. Okay, now let's talk about the emotions that you feel in anxiety and fear. Hmm. And what people find is that they experience the same emotions uh, to a large degree, the same types of feelings. And so I believe in channeling it and, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is emotions are run by our mindset, the interpretations we give it. So you perceive an event, you make an interpretation of that event in your mind, and then your mind drives emotion, emotion drives behavior. And far too often people try to change behavior and emotion when the real tipping point is our thinking. So that's, uh, that's where I like to focus first and foremost is in helping people reframe their thinking about public speaking, because then that domino really helps with you know the the emotions of anxiety so i try to reframe it because it's the same emotion now let's just put a new interpretation on it and drive it towards the positive so it's just rechanneling energy exactly great all right so what is your response to the person that says well i'm introverted i will never be a great speaker do you have to have that preference for extroversion to be a great speaker uh, absolutely not, right? Absolutely not. In fact, I did a couple of blogs on my on my website that is all about introverts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of the greatest speakers in the history of the world were introverted. Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I'm what they might call an ambivert, right? So I'm kind of introvert, sometimes extroverted. I have introverted uh, tendencies for sure. I find that a lot of introverts, once they are ready to face their fear that they're actually some of the best public speakers because it's not just about getting up uh, on the platform and talking without anxiety which extroverts can do but it has to do with logic and you know your you know, your your ethic your ethos is what uh, aristotle called it your energy your logic building line upon line you know introverts make great public speakers because they are thoughtful, they communicate really well, and they don't take a whole lot of rabbit trails. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those that we use a lot of the personality stuff in our workshops. And I think that's the greatest, I guess, myth about introversion, extroversion. You know, I have the preference for introversion and I can get up in front of a group and people would never know that. But I was in Ohio last week. I had to do two one hour sessions. And when that second one was over, I was heading back down here to Tennessee, which is about a nine hour drive. And for that first hour in the car, I shut all the music off and everything. I needed total silence to bring my energy back up. 
no one would have known it because I tend to channel that when I do it. But I think that's the thing. I, I hear that quite a bit too. Well, I'm, I'm not extroverted, so I can't speak. Well, sure you can. You've been speaking your whole life. It's just a matter of managing your energy. And if you have the preference for extroversion, the challenge for you is you can't stop talking. So I guess there's a balance in there someplace, right? <laughs> no, that's exactly right. You, you know, the extroverts that I that I coach and uh, speak with, it, it's it's making sure that they're focused because they they do want to just keep talking and they love they love the limelight, love being up there. But sometimes what they have to say isn't totally in line with uh, the message that they're delivering. So yeah, that's the work that they need. Yeah, it's the energy just keeps building and building and building. And then at the end, especially if you were talking to a group of introverted folks like, oh, my God, my brain hurts. Are they almost done? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I didn't want to say that, but that is exactly right. 100%. Well, see, I can say it that way. You don't get in trouble, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Brian, let's talk about people that say I am a natural at this. And then somebody would say, well, you're a natural. I'm not. Is there such a thing as a natural at doing public speaking? So uh, when I hear that, I, I because most of the time people say, you know, I tried it and I failed. So I'm not natural at it as if it's some sort of, you know, DNA uh gene that we have that makes somebody a good public speaker and somebody not you know that one of my other f favorite quotes is it's called public it and this is the quote it's called public speaking skills not public speaking talent mm -hmm. and that really underscores for me the fact that some people might be more comfortable standing up in front of a group of people and delivering a presentation that doesn't mean that they're natural again it goes back to maybe a little bit of a you know a predisposition or a preference towards extroversion and talking in front of people and being in the limelight but everybody has to work on their ability to speak in public because it's a skill it really is a skill like any other skill and so one of the things that i, I teach in various ways is that skill equals value right so if somebody has a low level of skill in a certain thing that means that their value in that is low but as they increase in that skill they increase their value it's true at work we know it intuitively i just put a little bit of language to it but we also know that if something is a skill then it has identifiable steps if it has identifiable steps they can be learned and so it's like playing the guitar or hitting a golf ball or whatever hobbies people have if it is a skill, if it's something that be, can be learned, which public speaking is, then they can learn to become better public speakers, whether they feel comfortable or natural or not. So I don't buy the whole natural thing because people say to me all the time, you're a natural public speaker. And just like you, they have no idea what was going on internally with me, the anxiety that I had and the hard work that I put in. You, I'm sure that you know, Mac, and your audience perhaps, but in the professional public speaking world, they say that you need to take one hour of preparation for every one minute you give a presentation. So if you're giving a 30 minute presentation in the public speaking world, they'd say you need to work on that thing at least 30 hours. Wow. Well, that's that's not natural, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's preparation, that's work, that's 
uh, knowing the identifiable steps and building great case stories and illustrations with the points that you're making and learning how to give hooks and, you know, finding your own style and finding your own rhythm in that particular skill. I, I think I was always fairly comfortable speaking, but where I think I really built my skill, there was a project I did for about four years when we were living in Maryland, and it was teaching transition skills to military folks that were getting out. And that was three full days on a stage in front of about 40 to 100 transitioning military members, who most of whom did not want to be there. And then the vendor had this ultimate death by PowerPoint slide deck that you had to, you know, go through these. And, you know, most speakers just read the damn things right off the thing. Yep. <laughs> but I think after that, that to me was like going to the gym for three solid days. And after doing that, you know, the fear is not paralyzing. It's driving now. And I feel like it really honed my skills. But that repetition, I don't know if there's any other way to build confidence than putting in the reps. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I would agree. You know, there's a lot of different ways to build confidence. And for me, it starts with learning. Right? If I can understand that it's a skill and can learn some of that skill, I'm going to grow in confidence rather than just winging it. But repetition, as you know, is one of the ways that you deal with fear and anxiety. The more you're exposed to it, the, the less frightening it becomes because you're like, oh my gosh, I just did it and I survived. The world didn't end. I didn't have a heart attack. Nobody threw anything at me. In fact, most people are so afraid of judgment, but the reality is that, uh, you know, if you've ever seen a speaker whose PowerPoint messes up or computer fails or they forget where they are, you know, like 98% of the audience wants them to do better. You know, it's like we feel for them. So we feel a, a sense of empathy, like, oh, my God, I know I know exactly how he or she feels. I've had that happen to me. And uh, whenever I talk about that, people always say, well, what about the 2%? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and my, my response is always this. Don't you know people that are just plain grumpy? No matter, <laughs> no matter who it is, what's going on. It could be me. It could be Mac. It could be whoever their favorite person is, and they're just plain grumpy. So we don't worry about the 2%. You know, right. We focus on the 98% that are there empathically with us if we, if we begin to struggle. Well, I don't want you to give away all of your secrets on how to help a person through that. That's what I want my audience to look you up and, and pay you to do. But I do. I am curious if you could share some of the the common mistakes that you see, because for many of us, maybe that's it. We just don't want to look stupid or we see a speaker. And for me, the pose I see at a speaker is when they have the remote in one hand and they're looking at the screen. And I think, do you really need that thing? You know, and I heard this once from a friend of mine and I hope Dr. Phil doesn't tune into my show. I mean, I hope he does, but if he does, I hope he sits this one out. A friend of mine went to a legal conference. He was a keynote and he wouldn't go on until his PowerPoint was up. And I thought, well, I don't think anybody cares about Dr. Phil's PowerPoint. They want to hear him tell stories about some of them weird folks that are on his show. You know, that's why we come. The, 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 and, and maybe this is a mistake I'm trying to get to. Is there a, a, is there a problem when our PowerPoint becomes the focal point and not us? And then what other mistakes do you often see? I'm going to assume that's a mistake. 
that yeah, it is in my book anyway. It it is one hundred percent in mine as well. You know, even back in the day when it was uh, overhead projectors. Mm. You know, we weren't supposed. To, you're not supposed to turn around and read the overhead. It's like I talk to people all the time because they do lots of death by PowerPoint, and it's mm. just paragraph after paragraph, and the font is like fourteen. And you know, some of us are getting a little bit more experienced in age. I can't. I can't see it, let alone read it all the time. And I always draw them back. So did you go to college? Yes. Did you in college have a professor that just stood up and read the syllabus and read the notes? Almost all of us had, you know, mm -hmm. brilliant people. They can't teach their way out of a paper bag. Just mm -hmm. awful. And I'm like, that's that's what it's like when you turn around and read the notes, because myself anyway, I'm thinking, just hand me the notes I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to read them faster and in a better atmosphere than what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it, it, it is. PowerPoint is a, a huge one or whatever Prezi or Keynote or whatever people use. You know, there's so, so many of them out there anymore. But people, yeah, PowerPoint, all the th things that we throw on the screen are supposed to enhance our presentation, not be the focal point of it. So I, I see that a lot. I see people that are extroverted that think that they are naturals and they kind of, I kind of know what I'm going to say and they get up there and kind of wing it. Mm. And I'm sure that the the points are good, but you know, the structure and the follow, you know, so when, when it's all said and done, you walk out and like, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. What do, well, what did he or she say? I have no idea. Mm. <laughs> you know, but they were funny. Yeah. But they were funny and they yeah. were good or they were engaging or they were confident or whatever, but like like they don't walk away uh with with a takeaway. Uh the other, you know, you you find a lot of common mistakes in the 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 intro or the ending. You know, they just come out and they talk way about them uh, about themselves way too much and it's not a it's not a hook. It's not engaging. You're telling me about yourself. Or at the ending, there's always two two common mistakes at the end, and that is where people just just drop. You know, they're just done, and it's a mic drop, and they walk away <laughs> too soon. And the others, if people don't prepare, especially if they're a little more on the extroverted uh, side of that scale, uh, they'll just keep talking and keep summarizing what it is that they've said, and so they dilute the power of that closing. So I I mean. Mac, we talk about this for days because I think that I've learned more about leadership and public speaking by watching people and learning what not to do. Well, this is what we've been waiting for, for the audience that's been listening, saying, OK, I really want to up my game. I want to get over this fear. I want to learn how to channel it. Brian, how can you help us? What's the best way people can reach out to you and what can you do for us? Well, the the, the best way to reach out to me is to go to my website, which is givepowerfulpresentations.com. So givepowerfulpresentations.com. My email is brian at givepowerfulpresentations.com. You can connect with me there. You can look me up, Dr. Brian W. Wade on LinkedIn and uh, connect with me. I do. I actually have a video series. It's the seminars that I did prior to COVID. And during COVID, I actually uh, upped the seminar, did a whole bunch of more research 
uh, some of the latest brain science with overcoming fear, a lot of the r recent research on uh, public speaking and uh, illustrations and PowerPoint, right? Because PowerPoint isn't the same today as it was in, you know, uh, 2004, you know, right. in 2010. It's completely evolved. We're changing. And so oh, I have a great video series called Overcoming Fear and Master Public Speaking. And it takes people, it's about six, six and a half hours. It's, it's a seminar, but I put it on video pretty much like this with a camera where I am just teaching, walking through a 70-page workbook that I developed specifically for this that takes them through what I call the, the five-step framework of delivering powerful presentations, which is everything from overcoming anxiety to kind of answering some key questions about your presentation so you know the direction you're going to go, you know the audience you're going to be speaking to, and then developing, framing, putting language to that presentation, uh, uh, beginnings, endings, illustrations, the whole deal, and then delivering the presentation. And uh, the, the thing that I love about the video is you can you you can watch it a thousand times. Mm. You know, seminar, you go, you're going to pay the same amount of money or more to come to a seminar and whatever you write down, you have. Right. But uh, oftentimes when we read a book, like I'll read a book once and it speaks to me in these ways and I'll read it again three months later, six months later, a year later, and it speaks to me in different ways. And so uh, I love, uh, I love that video I love I love that video course. It's it's I'm super proud of it. The other way is I do a whole lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching with people from wanting to learn how to do webinars. I have uh, some attorney clients wanting to help deliver their cases in court more effectively and engaging both the judge and the jury members. I do a lot with. Uh, business professionals, HR people, folks from the C-suite, really helping them frame their ability to either overcome anxiety or if they even don't have that anxiety, really to communicate as effectively as possible. Great. Sounds like some great resources. So if you are listening to this right now, be sure to check out Dr. Brian Wade at GivePowerfulPresentations.com. Sounds like a really good program, and I do believe it's going to be really beneficial for your own personal and professional development. Brian, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mac. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs, more information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.